Order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I am your host, Peter Lamont, and today is December 5th, 2023. I cannot believe how quickly we have transitioned from October all the way through December with the holiday season knocking down our door. I mean, we are so close to all of the major holidays. Uh, Christmas is just just overwhelming at this point. I cannot believe how quickly it's happening. Uh, every year I say it, every year I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's, we've got so much time and, and then you have no time. So uh, everybody out there who is experiencing the dread of last minute holiday shopping, or if you're like me, trying to start your holiday shopping, you know what I'm saying. It's just like never enough time. And you have all these ideas in your head of how you are going to spend this relaxing Christmas season. And then before you know it, it's over and you're like, what the hell happened? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But in keeping with the Christmas theme, we're going to talk today about some of the legal twists that are involved in, are you ready? The Simpsons first episode. You know, I this last weekend, right? I was I was scrolling through Disney Plus and just looking at all of the seasons of The Simpsons that they have uh, available. And I said to myself, you know, I can't remember what the first episode was. I wonder what it was. So I went back and then I saw it and it all came back to me. And it was the first christmas episode it was also their first episode and you know i want to talk a little bit about that because there's there's a few legal issues that are kind of fun to discuss when talking about the simpsons um you know i i remember when the simpsons kind of first came to be a thing um a real like you know mainstream thing not when they were just like uh Oh, I can't remember this show that they were on. Oh, female comedian. That's where they started. But um, if you know, let me know in the comments uh, to the podcast, anywhere on our social media pages, and, and remind me. I can't remember what her name was, but that's where The Simpsons started. But I'm talking about when uh, they became full-blown um, episodes on Fox and things like that. And um, I remember when it first came out and how sort of... Uh, you could relate to all the characters. Now that might seem crazy because, you know, do you want to be the dad that people relate to Homer Simpson? No, I mean, nobody wants that, but aren't there elements of Homer Simpson in all of us? Aren't there elements of Bart and Lisa and Marge? Um, so it's really, it's a fun show because um, I think everybody can connect at some level with some of the characters and even if it's it's doing something completely stupid, it's it's just something that you can connect to. Well, going back right and looking at that holiday special, or it wasn't even it was just the first episode. Um, I, I made note of three things, and I'll, we'll talk about them today. Uh, but before I do, I just want to say that looking at pop culture, I mean, you guys know if you've listened to the show for long enough, you know I like pop culture. You can find so many areas to discuss within the realm of of the legal field related to pop culture it's fascinating and I, I really enjoy doing that so let's jump into this episode talking about the simpsons first christmas episode 
It was called Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. And this was released back in 1989. And it was really our first um, meeting with the characters. Um, So if you remember the episode, you'll remember that it took place um, a few days before Christmas. And it's really the Simpsons family um, preparing for Christmas. Now, just like uh, my favorite Christmas movie, it involves a bonus. So my favorite Christmas movie, of course, if you haven't guessed, is Christmas Vacation. Uh, But in this Simpsons episode, Homer expects to receive a Christmas bonus. And he plans on using that bonus to buy everybody presents. So he's got, got it in his head. That every year he gets a bonus, he is going to use his bonus. He's going to um, be able to afford Christmas presents for everybody. You know, and, and in real life, how, how many of us, you know, experience that same thing where you're looking for your Christmas bonus because that's part of, of your salary and you, you know, maybe you're not like Clark Griswold and you decided to write a check for uh, a pool and you don't have enough funds in your account. But I think we can all kind of relate to Homer Simpson expecting a bonus and, and counting on it as part of his salary and you know, knowing that he's going to use that bonus to buy Christmas presents, everything's going to be okay. Well, unfortunately, things don't uh, pan out that way for Homer. So unfortunately... He learns in the episode that no, he's not going to be entitled to a bonus. They're, they're just not giving out bonuses this year. That's um, just the company said no, right? So now he's he's upset because he doesn't know where he's going to get the money to pay for Christmas, to pay for the Christmas presents. So as he's struggling with this and the fact that um, Mr. Burns has decided to just pull out the bonuses that everyone was going to get or expected. Bart, who we all know Bart, you know, just can't stay out of trouble. Bart goes out and uh, being the rebel that he is, decides to get a tattoo. Now, granted, the tattoo does say mom in a heart, uh, but Marge's mom is not very happy about that. And she is, is horrified that, number one, he would go and do that. Number two, that somebody would tattoo a underage kid's arm. So what does she do? The only reasonable thing that a, a, a mother would do, is she takes him for laser tattoo removal. And she had saved money that she was going to be able to use for Christmas funds too. Um, but they had to use all that to pay for Bart's tattoo removal. You know, now everybody's upset, right? Homer's trying to hide the fact that uh, he doesn't have enough money for Christmas. He's trying to deal with, um, you know, the frustration and and knowing that he's going to have to deal with disappointment in his family's eyes. And I got to tell you, you know, like as a parent, whether you're a, a male or a female, a mom or a dad, I think at some point in our lives, we've all experienced that that sensation where you feel like you're going to let somebody in your family down. And it is probably the worst feeling. Like, it's okay if something bad happens to you when you're alone, but when you've got a family, you know, and something bad happens, like, just imagine you don't get your bonus and you're just a, a single 
um, you know, guy or girl, and and you know, you make do, right? You 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 have ramen for the for the week, and and you make do. Uh, but when you've got a family and people are counting on you, it's just so different. So anyway, so Bart's upset because he had the, the tattoo removed. Uh, Homer's upset because he didn't get his bonus, and now all of Marge's saved money in her jar is gone because it had to pay for Bart's tattoo removal. So what does Homer do? Well, he decides he's going to try to find some way to get back that money. So he takes a job as a Santa at a, at a mall. Um, and he just doesn't make enough money as the Santa. Um, and if you remember that one part where Bart and his friends are at the mall and they realize that it's Homer and Bart starts teasing him and, and whatever, um, you know, then I remember when Homer goes in to get his paycheck. It's funny because it's true. You, you walk in and then you realize that, you know, all the time you spend working has been taken out on, um, you know, payroll and, and taxes and things of that nature and social security now and you get nothing left right so he decides that he's going to go with his small paycheck to the track to the dog racing track and he has to go on christmas eve because he's he's trying desperately to be able to make enough money to afford christmas and they get there and he takes bart because who what what dad doesn't take his son right so they're at the dog racing track, and they bet on a dog named Santa's Little Helper. And, of course, the dog loses. He's the worst dog in the race. And so as, as Homer and Bart are dejected and, and feeling so upset, and they're walking out of the uh, racetrack, they see Santa's Little Helper's owner um, yelling at him and scolding him and then saying, you know, I don't, I don't want you anywhere near me, get lost. So now he has abandoned the dog. And Homer and, and Bart see the dog and Santa's little helper runs over to him and they fall in love with him. They take him home. And as Bart is, uh, or as Homer is explaining to Marge and his family what happened, all they see is the dog. They fall in love with the dog and it ends up being a good Christmas despite all the things that that happened to uh, Homer so I think you know again it's a it's a it's a comedy show it's a cartoon but I, I still say we can all relate to certain things that happened in that episode so I want to look now at tying in the law to some of these these issues that were um, raised in the episode so Let's start with Homer's Christmas bonus. The same thing goes for Clark Griswold. So, you know, Homer had this expectation of the bonus, but the real world question that comes out of this is, are employers obligated to give Christmas bonuses? And the answer to that is no, unless you sign an actual employment contract and I'm not talking about like an at-will employment agreement I'm talking about an employment contract where you are like under contract to work for a set period of time like let's say a year and in that contract it says you're going to get this bonus and the terms are spelled out um, unless that's the situation you find yourselves in then the employer is not obligated to give you a bonus and 
I would say that the vast majority of Americans, maybe somewhere in the 98 to 99% of all working Americans, are at-will employees. They're not working under a contract. Um, And don't get confused because, like I said, you might have had an at-will employment agreement or you work for a company that gives you a, a piece of paper that says this is an employment contract. You have to read the terms of it because not every employment contract is for a set period of time, right? It's not usual in this day and age that an employer is going to say, okay, you have a contract for a year. You know what areas of, of employment where people do have those types of contracts? Sports, NBA, NFL, NHL. Those guys have a contract that says you're signed to this team for X amount of years and you'll get this bonus and that bonus. And and those things are, I don't want to say guaranteed because nothing is guaranteed, but those things are, they're contractually obligated to provide those bonuses if they're spelled out in the agreement. But most of us do not have an NBA or NHL or NFL contract. And so we are at will employees where if you want to quit, you can go ahead and do so. And if the employer wants to fire you, he can fire, he or she can fire you as long as it's for a non-discriminatory reason. So in the realm of Christmas bonuses, even if you had an expectation, because for the last 15 years of working for a company that you were going to get a Christmas bonus, and now this year you don't, it's, that's just the way it is. That's the way the, the chocolate chip cookie that you left on Santa's plate crumbles because there no employer is obligated to provide the bonus. So, you know, while Homer's upset, he couldn't turn around, let's say, and sue Mr. Burns and say, hey, we had a contractual agreement here. You know, for the last X number of years, you were giving me a Christmas bonus, and now this year you didn't give it to me, so I'm going to sue you. You, don't, you can't do that you don't get a bonus it's discretionary and unless you're that one percent of people have have a a signed contract different or differing from you know an employment agreement then you're just stuck there's there's nothing you can do and that also goes along with let's say you get a bonus every year but one year is higher the next year is lower again um there's no action that you can take for that. It's just the way it is. Uh, so again, you know, be aware of that. And, and also I would say if your employer does give you a bonus at Christmas or whatever time of the year, I don't know. I think, you know, you should appreciate it because no one's obligated to do it. So, um, you know, in looking back when I was a lot younger, I remember getting small bonuses and thinking to myself, oh, that's all you can give me. And and now, you know, being much older and, and maybe a little bit wiser, I say to myself, man, I wish I had been kinder and appreciated that because that person that I worked for, you know, wasn't under any obligation to give me anything and yet did. So keep that in mind. All right, let's move on to Bart's tattoo. Now, there's a couple legal points here. Um, first of all, the glaring one is minors and tattoos. Um, you know, so for example, let's look at New Jersey law. If Bart, who was under the age of 18, went into a tattoo parlor and 
without any sort of parental consent, asked for a tattoo and they gave it to him. It's illegal. You can't do it. You know, the tattoo artists would get in serious, serious trouble. Uh, there might even be criminal implications, not just civil and obviously the loss of, of license and things like that. So um, you can't go in and and get a tattoo. Now, who's at fault there, right? Is it Bart for going in knowing that he's underage or is it the tattoo artist? Well, that's an interesting question. And you kind of see that with things like alcohol purchases, cigarette purchases, you know, who has the duty, whose obligation is it to sort of verify? And I, I would say, generally speaking, that it would be the tattoo artist's obligation. So, you know, he sees Bart and he is, has to be aware, right, that it's a kid. Whether or not he thinks he's 18 or not, it's not the issue. I mean, he should have asked for identification or parents' consent or something before just taking Bart's money and giving him the tattoo. You know, the, the same is true for um, bars and places that serve alcohol. That's why if you've ever gone to a restaurant and you've been carded, right, and, and let's say you're 50 years old and you're still being carded, the reason that they're doing it is is not to make you feel good or to make you feel bad. The reason they're doing it is because sometimes they can't tell and the policy within that restaurant is, look, if you can't tell with certainty, then you have to ask because the you know legal implications of serving a minor or, in Bart's case, tattooing a minor are so significant and there's so much that can happen uh, because you've done that that it's easier to just verify than it is to take a chance and say, no, it's okay. I mean, look, there's kids on on my son's hockey team that are the same age as him. He's 12. And they are, like, taller than me. So you'd look at them and you might say to yourself, wow, you've got to be at least 18, you know, and, and then they go in to get a tattoo. And if you don't ask for identification and you don't ask for, you know, either parental consent or something like that, you could find yourself in a lot of trouble. So that's that's number one. Now, could Marge have turned around and sued the tattoo artist? Yeah, she probably could have. She also could have called the police. There could have been a whole, um, you know, to do about it. And, uh, you know, could have resulted in that tattoo artist probably losing his license. So she could have done something. Um, but the, the, the I think the interesting point here is... Rendering services to minors when doing so would be a violation of law or against the law, you know, and, and like I said, you can see that a lot in things like um, alcohol or, or cigarettes. So the general rule of thumb, if you own an establishment that has products or, or goods or services that are not meant for minors, you're always better to err on the side of caution and ask. So... Keep that in mind. Just remember Bart's tattoo when you think about it. Now, you know, in Bart's defense, he did get it to say mom. Now, I guess that was the nice thing. And, and you know, maybe he thought that she would have let him get away with it because it had her name on it. But clearly she did not. All right. The last thing I want to talk about is Santa's little helper. 
And this is also an interesting thing. You know, here there's a dog that was released by its owner and the episode, you know, I think does that to clearly show that the owner has relinquished rights to this dog and now this dog is essentially a stray and, you know, what 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 can Homer do? Can, can he just take the dog? Um, does he need to adopt the dog? He just takes it, right? And um, I think that, that that's how the episode wanted to portray it so that it could make a clean transition from... You know, the dog was owned by one guy. That guy abandoned him, and now Homer's right there, and he takes him. So, you know, rules about stray animals vary from state to state and even from town to town in some instances. But in Homer's case, would he be legally allowed to keep Santa's helper? Well, I would say yes, so long as that owner didn't come back and and try to reclaim the dog because then he would have found himself in a, a lawsuit because the owner would have said, you know, I was mad. I, I, I didn't relinquish ownership. I yelled at the dog. You know, it had nothing to do with you. It didn't give you the right to take my dog and to bring him home with you. Um, so it's not as clear and clean cut as the episode would have it. Um, you know, you can't, I'm sure I've seen it too. And, and I believe me, I do not advocate when people yell at their, their pets. Like, you know, like I've seen it's, it's horrible and heart wrenching and I've got two dogs and, um, yeah, you know, every once in a while you get frustrated, but they're just, they're just animals, you know, they, they don't know, you know, so try to be patient with them. Well, anyway, um, you know, I've seen people who have been, sort of, you know, over the top with their animals. And, you know, you, you think back and you say, oh, man, you know, I, that, that animal shouldn't live there. That, that guy is mistreating that, that dog or that cat or whatever you have, you know. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that the recourse is for you to go in and take that dog and, and, you know, or that animal and remove it and keep it as your own. I mean, the, the recourse is you call the police, you call animal control, you make a complaint. That's the sort of thing that you would do. And then if it was deemed that the dog was being mistreated, then they're not going to offer it to you for adoption. They're, they're generally speaking, going to take it to a facility and try to get the dog adopted that way and, and through a legal adoption process. Um, I know people who have found stray cats and have kept them. And then, you know, a year later, somebody's looking for their cat. And, you know, it was from two towns over. So the person that, that took the cat, thinking it was a stray, didn't realize that somebody had lost their cat. Um, but, you know, two years later, they posted a sign in the town where the person that took the cat lived. And, um all of a sudden wants their cat back, right? So it's not it's not as simple as that. You can't just say, all right, here's an animal that that's being neglected or handed. Here's an animal that um, somebody has abandoned and I'm going to take it. There are times, of course, when it truly is an abandoned animal. and um, But still, you, you have to check with your local authorities to see what's permissible in, in your area, in your town, in your neighborhood. You know, it all works out in The Simpsons, obviously, because Santa's little helper was not a good dog racer. 
And clearly, like I said, they painted that picture of the owner saying, I'm done with you. Get out of here. And, and Homer was able to take the dog home and save Christmas. And, and it was kind of a um, heartwarming episode. But I got to say, after looking at the episode in full and then analyzing it to do the podcast, it's kind of a sad episode for the first episode of The Simpsons. Like, there's a lot of sadness associated with that. You know, it's not like... Um, some of the other episodes where it, it it makes you laugh, you you know laugh at the silliness or stupidity of Homer. But that first episode was slightly heavy. You know, it's like man, you get this guy who's trying to support his family, and things don't go well. And then um, you know his son has to go out and get a tattoo, requiring his wife to use the rest of their saved money. It just it's a sad kind of episode. So it was interesting going back because I don't remember thinking about it that way when I saw it because I, I do remember watching the first episode, but I, I, like I said, I couldn't remember that that was in fact the first episode. So very interesting analysis that we've done here on uh, The Simpsons' first episode, and hopefully you enjoyed it uh, and you could see some of the tie-in. If you like this kind of episode where we're tying in some of the pop culture with the law and talking about those topics, please let me know and we'll do some more of these. Um, I like it. I hope you do too. But let me know what you think. You can always leave comments um, anywhere on our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, um, anywhere, Twitter, and, and let me know what you think of the episode. So normally we'll post a link to the episode or, or reference the episode. If you've listened to it, go make sure you uh, check out our social media pages and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. And it helps me, um, you know, create podcasts and content that you like. And that's, that's what I'm here for. I want to do it to, to help you and, um, you know, give you information, entertain you. So let me know what you like. Let me know what you think. And I will see you on the next episode of UTL radio. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to understanding the law radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.